wellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to A Quirky Journey, the healthy family podcast with your hosts, Joe Witten and Fuad Kassab. Hi, everybody. I'm back. Yay. She's <laughs> back. <laughs> yes, I am back. So you have to put up with me now. Um, I'm feeling a lot better. So I, if, if you missed the last couple of podcasts and you didn't hear what Fuad said, in his lovely words about me, I must say, thank you, Fuad. Aww, I, was, <laughs> I was trying to help you recover. I just needed to reinforce with positivity, but that's not really what I felt. He did, really. He meant every word. That's right. So it is good to have you back. You've been Thank through you. a very difficult uh, time. You've come out on the other end. Do you want to share yeah. a little bit of what took place? Yeah. Um, basically, the last few months have been pretty difficult on my health due to women's problems and um, tried to do natural things with hormone, trying to get my hormones sorted out naturally. But it was all a little bit too late because this this kind of thing um, has been building up in my body for many years and talking to Elise um, sort of really helped me get a good, good perspective on it. So Elise is our GAPS practitioner mm-hmm. and um, she was saying to me, you know, never feel like you've failed when you've tried to do natural things and it hasn't worked. She said you've got to realise that your body's been um, dealing with this problem for many many years and it takes a long time to work through things naturally and sometimes you have to get medical intervention that's just you know what happens Um, but um, it's very interesting you know all the research that I've been doing into why my body started having all these troubles and um, realizing how low iodine is in our modern lives in our diets and in our soil Um, and so that's something that would have affected my health and also the stress of um, just busyness and working and life and all sorts of things stress doesn't help for sure with hormones we know that Um, and so it was something that couldn't be fixed quickly in three years that's quickly apparently (laughs) if you have a an existing health issue that is sort of, you know, like quite difficult. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sometimes biology needs assistance like that. You need to yeah. um, help yourself. Out. That's why the, the medicine is there. That's why I'm so glad that I have been working on my health for all these years, and like especially the last three years with gaps and really nourishing my body. Um, I feel like. I've got much better chance of coming out of this quickly um, and having my energy back um, because I've been pretty drained. My iron levels are very low um, and I've had a lot of days in bed, like I've had three weeks almost in bed. Yeah. Um, and before that, every month was time in bed, a few days. Yeah. Um, so it's going to take a while to build up the iron again and to get everything um, going well, but I've had a surgery to fix the main problems, and so I'm on the track to getting well now. So I'm very happy. Yeah, it's good to have you back, and I can already see the improvement, and it's just wonderful. Really great, really, really cool, cool to see how quickly you're bouncing back. And um, yeah, 
Because I was thinking, you know, a few years ago, if this would have happened, uh, there's no way I would have bounced back so quickly. No. So all this work that I've done with diet and everything has obviously helped. Yes. But, but I think this surgery, as we've spoken, off air, hmm. I think this will give you even an, an added thing on top. On top of what you already have, you're going to feel really more amazing than ever because yeah, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, you're going to rid of an existing issue that's been uh, slowing down your healing progress. And now with the natural stuff that you're doing, you probably see 10 times the effect happening. So yeah. Maybe, yeah. 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 So I'm, I'm looking forward to lots more energy. Great. Well, yeah. w- good because that means I can work less and you can work more. Then. <laughs> what? <laughs> ah, so now we'll increase our output. It's going to be that's awesome. right. Yes. That's right. So watch out, world. Like Joe, Joe was uh, messaging me at eight pm yesterday. About- <laughs> hey, I didn't know it was that late because it was still bright sunlight here. It was so hot, <laughs> and we hadn't had dinner, and it felt like it was five pm. <laughs> wow! Yeah, you're, you're going through beautiful slow days enjoying yourself yeah. well, and we don't even have daylight savings yeah we just right. that naturally <laughs> well and all the kids were out swimming say again sorry you're cutting out sorry i said all the kids were out swimming and i was just pottering around in the kitchen finishing off my work day so did you um, are you eating well Is, are you being looked after with food yeah my sister is here cooking today with me um we're making we're, we're cleaning out my veggie box that i get each week and we're making tamarillo yeah. chutney and we're making tamarillo. passion fruit and that sounds awesome yeah yeah and passion fruit and persimmon jelly and we're making um roasted veggies and we're figuring out what to do with all the because there's all yeah there's all sorts of tropical stuff in the box at the moment so we've got gorgeous mango steens and red pawpaws and passion fruit and mangoes and um, all of those fun things. So we're just working out some ideas. And my sister's very um, creative and an amazing cook, so it's lots of fun having her here. She's just moved here from Gladstone, so it's very exciting having her here with me. She's keeping me sane today while I'm doing lots of schoolwork with Cassia because it's driving me a bit bonkers, but that's okay. <laughs> my yeah. sister laughs at me, so she makes me laugh at myself. <laughs> yeah, but you take things too seriously sometimes. And right. Quite a, a good uh, <laughs> reminder to chill and relax yeah. and do not to stress out too much. I mean, you've already, uh, Cassia is probably one of your more intelligent children, and you've already, <laughs> you know, graduated both Simi and India, who, you know, right. not, don't have the same kind of intellect that Cassia has. So you'll be fine. Don't be, you'll be all right. Don't yeah. Worry. yeah. Don't tell them. Myself. We're just three weeks behind. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> We're just three weeks behind. So it's kind of like everything's right. due in today. It's like, no. Oh, wow. All right. Well, I'll, I won't keep you long. So let's move on to the events and then introduce yeah. our, uh, the guests for today's show. Okay. So, um, we are coming to Brisbane. You'll be seeing us next week on Wednesday and Thursday. We've got four classes, midday and evening on both Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, we're doing our three-hour-long seminars where we talk about 
everything whole foods from why gluten-free is important to why eating food with cellular structure is important and talking about water quality and how to cook simply for your family and uh, look after fussy children and just give you loads and loads of inspiration about how you can make this way of living even more sustainable, more doable at home. And it's a lot of fun. A lot of laughter. Yeah, it's so much fun. We have got an average of 120 people so far per event. So it's going to be a lot of high energy. We'd love to see you there. Grab your tickets from quickcooking.com.au and go to the events uh, link. And then from there, you'll be able to choose the date that you want to book. Um, and we hope to see you there. We'd love to see you there. And then yeah. doing the wellness base camp a couple of days later. Which date is that? The 24th. So that's with um, the wellness couch. Um, team so the Queensland sort of contingent of the wellness summit so they're dividing it this year into different cities so I'm speaking at the Brisbane one on the 24th and there's Marcus Pierce and Brett Hill who's also on this podcast um, Kim Morrison, Cindy O'Meara, Karen Smith, Audra Starkey who talks about um, healthy shift working um, there's all sorts of talks and really interesting kind of um, things going on. So make sure you come. And it's also an expo. There's like a health expo at the same time. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun and I'm really looking forward to it. And if if you missed my um, videos on Facebook, um, what I'll be talking about is how to move forward gently with your health because that's something that I've been learning. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Well, that's... It sounds like a good day. I think Jules Galloway, who we've had on the podcast. Oh, yes. Jules is going to be there too. I forgot Jules. Sorry, Jules. <laughs> met Jules over the podcast and um, definitely worth your while meeting her in person and all these awesome people. Some of my favorites, actually. Yeah. Not Marcus Pierce. I don't like him, but the rest of <laughs> You love him. I, do, I, I love him because he's so funny. He's just a he funny guy. Like, he's such a high <laughs> I feel, I feel like I feel like I want to go for a run every time I see Marcus. Yeah, but, he uh, types yes. it up. <laughs> I'm gonna take on the world, Marcus. Thank you for just touching me with your energy. <laughs> That's what it feels like. Yeah, so it's I fun. need a bit of that today. Yeah, well, you're gonna lo- get lots of Marcus time. I am Brisbane <laughs> down in Brisbane for you, up for me. Um, so today's uh, guest is none other than Dr. Brett Hill from the Paleo Show. Uh, I've been listening to Dr. Brett Hill uh, since 2013 when I discovered that the diet that I've been eating was actually a paleo diet without knowing after I had eliminated carbohydrates and uh, grains and things like that. And I was eating a whole food diet. Lo and behold, I was eating a paleo diet that actually turned out to be the most amazing thing for my health. And then I discovered Dr. Brett Hill because I believe Lucy uh, who's our assistant, and we've had her on the show talking about sleep. Uh, Lucy Lichtenstein from Reconnected.me, she was saying, uh, oh, you got to check out this Australian guy talking about paleo. And I checked Brett out and loved it that there was an Australian voice talking about this kind of stuff. And Brett has been interviewing people since 2013. He has so many episodes in his podcast that really, really well worth your while checking out and listening to uh, Today, Brett doesn't focus on paleo in, in the show with us. Do you want to talk a little bit, a little bit about what he spoke about, Joe? Um, we talked about all sorts of things. His, his upcoming book, which is about hitting rock bottom and 
getting up again and keeping on going. <laughs> um, he talks about um, stress and anxiety and mental health for men, which is really important topic because men often don't talk about it and they need yeah. to. Um, he I'm, I'm getting a delivery in case you're wondering what that noise is. Oh, I hope it's an exciting one. Yeah, Are we having an un- unboxing on the podcast? <laughs> no, no, definitely not. So, I, I, uh, it, it could be anything. Who knows? I get sent all sorts of stuff. Yeah, it's good yeah. fun, isn't it? Yeah. Um, some yeah, stuff so, I, I like some, some stuff I don't like. So no, if I do like it, I'll share it. Okay, good. Tell us if it's good. Yeah. Um, and I'll mention something I got this week, but first. Um, so, yes, Brett's talking about um, exercise and moving your body in a natural way, um, which helps with anxiety and stress and um, stress relief. And he talks about barefoot running. So it's quite a wide variety, but it all it all tied in, didn't it? Yes. Yeah, because it is a holistic attitude towards health. Right. So um, all, all these right. things. Yeah, he's he's been living this life that he talks about for years and years now. He's been one of the leading figures and, and advocate of that kind of life. So it's really great to have his experience and to talk about it from also not just from how what he sees and deals with, but from his own personal experience perspective. And, um, and it's pretty cool for for like like he was saying, um, Brett being one of the first podcasters he listened to in this sort of area Australia, at least, and then now we're interviewing him yeah, it's, it's really it's great he's a super nice guy i met him at adelaide in adelaide at, i can't even i don't know in adelaide at, at the event in adelaide that's it so I, I went and did a talk on rewilding and he was hosting it and it was great to spend a bit of time with him and to talk about these things and a really really nice guy really um a gentle soul who's very yeah, very nice. yeah. Um, yeah quite cool to have him on the show I'm sure you're going to love the show so guys um, if you like it come and see him as well in the wellness space camp he's going yeah, to be in Brisbane. Brisbane yeah in Brisbane and you'll be speaking at the Kayama one in what date is that uh, I cannot remember the Kayama one but I if you talk like as if you're talking to the audience i can sneakily (laughs) okay well i'll tell them about the delivery that i got this week so for those of you who do gaps um or who make your own yogurt i got a delivery this week of a 24-hour yogurt maker which is awesome i made some yogurt yesterday and it makes two liters at once in this beautiful glass jar in a water bath and for 24 hours it keeps it at the exact temperature or you can make it in a lot less time if you want to the reason for the 24 hour yogurt is um it just really reduces the lactose right down to the really low amount and it um creates a lot of good bacteria in there so it's great for healing um so i've made my first batch and it worked perfectly so i'm really happy with it the brand is luvelle l-u-v-e-l-e so I'm um, looking at that and thinking, you know, this would be great to have in our shop or have somewhere on, you know, the program for the people to click through and find it because yeah. it's a really useful. T- yeah. Well, I'll try to stock it. So, yeah. yeah. Awesome. awesome. So Kayama is on the 2nd of June. Okay. I thought it was June. And we've also got um, Elisa's retreat in june in byron bay that's coming up as well so um yeah 
Keep an eye on newsletters, guys, because that's where we let you know about all the events coming up and you don't want to miss them. Open your newsletters. <laughs> yeah, make sure that they don't go to the promotions tab, that you can actually drag them into the, your inbox and make sure that you're always looking at them because we only send them. Constantly get people saying, I missed it. Yeah. When are you coming to the Gold Coast? We just came a week ago. What? <laughs> yes. All right, well, we're going to send out a, a, a newsletter to 9,000 people in Brisbane today. Around. Yeah. So you guys are being bombarded by the podcast and the newsletter, <laughs> Facebook events as well. So there's no excuse. Show up. Um. <laughs> We'd love to see you there. It's going to be a lot of fun. So yeah. thanks, guys. And we will move on to the show. Thanks, Joe. Okay. Dr. Brett Hill, welcome to the show. Are you wearing shoes or are you shoeless at the moment? I am wearing shoes today. I've been hey, practicing adjusting on? today. So mm-hmm. I have my, I have, they are barefoot shoes though. Does that count? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, yes, it does count. Right. The first time I saw you in person was I think at the, the wellness summit and you, you stood in front of a crowd of how many were you barefoot? Yeah, a thousand people. Yeah. That was yeah. And you're walking around barefoot everywhere. I was like, ah, oh, there he is. I know. I kept, getting, I kept having to like run away from the staff because I kept telling me off. Yeah. <laughs> I kept thinking, I kept thinking you were from far North Queensland. I know. I, I have no shoes on. See, when someone like Brett takes his shoes off, he looks cool. When I take my shoes off, I look like a hobbit. So, so <laughs> it kind of upsets me. But, um, oh, well. Yeah. But you'd be well, you'd be well acclimatized to come live up in the Adelaide Hills with me where it gets really cold in winter. So you yeah, have a natural advantage. That, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I've got the back hair and the chest hair for it as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good. Natural fun. You have to wear a beanie. Mm. <laughs> Uh, Brett, no, uh, thanks. Is this the first time we have you on the show, isn't it? First time ever. No, is it? How is it? Oh, I, I apologise, so. Brett. I thought that we would have had you on here before now. I don't think so. I, mean, I could be wrong. I hope I'm not. That'd be embarrassing. But I don't think so. No, so, you, Brett, you might be right, but we're glad that we've <laughs> got you now. We're like, going to be introducing you in the intro of the show, so that will come before this, you know, after this conversation we recorded, reflect nice. on how beautiful this conversation was and introducing you there. But, um, <laughs> I thought you just did it when I was off air, so you didn't. I didn't yeah, hear all the things you said about right. me. Yeah, you can't interrupt and tell us. But there's nothing bad to say. So, um, want to kick off just with uh, something that's coming up very, very soon, and you and Joe are going to be doing this together, which is the one yeah. in Brisbane, and 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 some other guy called and some Fuad as well. Well, I'm not there. Kayama. I'm not. Kayama one. Yes, yes, I am. Yeah. Phew. about the one that's coming up like in uh, soon February we would have liked you to be, be there Fufu in Brisbane yeah but you've got other things on so that's yes. okay well look I have my best friend flying from Lebanon and he is he, has, he hasn't been here since I got to Australia in 2001 so he's never visited me and he's taken uh, two and a half three weeks off work so I took two weeks off work to be with him during that period of time and we're going to do a road trip up to Byron Bay and yeah, relive our, our youth together and just <laughs> camp by, you know, the fire and, and, and on, along grow your hair long, all, go surfing. Ah, it's all, it's all going to happen. So by the time yeah. I come back, I'll have dreadlocks and I'll be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's oh, wow. gonna be amazing. So, nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm sorry, but I really, I really wanted to come because there's like all my favorite people are up there. Do you want to tell us who's up there? 
Well, it's going to be awesome. So this is the first time we've done a live wellness couch event. Well, actually, that's not 100% true, but it's, it's the first time in a long time we've done a wellness couch event outside of Melbourne. So mm-hmm. when we first started, we did a, the wellness guys actually did a, a show in the Adelaide Fringe, which is like this really big, important festival in Adelaide. And we didn't really know what we got ourselves into. And we did a show there six years ago. Mm-hmm. And then just after that, we actually did the first ever wellness summit was actually up in Queensland as well. Mm. Uh, but, 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 and since then, which is at least five years, we have done all our events, our live events in Melbourne. And so this is the first time we're getting out and around the country, which is super exciting and a little bit nerve wracking because we we're organizing all the different, you know, details of getting it all together. And we're, you know, hoping people are going to come along, but um, it's looking really good. The tickets are selling great. Lots of people come along in Brisbane because we've got a great lineup. So big names, you know, Joe Whitten, she's amazing. <laughs> huge. Um, Cindy O'Meara is going to be there. Kim Morrison, Karen Smith. Uh, who's there? Um, Audra Stark is going to be there. Um, Jules Galloway, I think, is going to be there. Yay. It's, uh, it's, so it's nice just to catch up with Jules. And yeah, obviously, Mark you know, is, is going to yeah. be there. Somebody called Brett Hill is going to be there. And so um, it's going to be Damien? awesome. Like all, crapped in, all crammed into one day. Um, Damien's not going to be there in Brisbane. Okay. Right? He's not a surprise guest this time, but uh, okay. I'm working on him for Adelaide. I'm working on him. So oh, I'm hard and trying to get him on there. Out. But um, I think I think as Damo does, he, he gets FOMO. So I reckon he'll see the Brisbane event, get a bit of FOMO, and he might want to come along to Adelaide, I reckon. <laughs> so I'll keep working on him. But um, so we've got an awesome lineup, And so it's going to be all jam-packed into one massive day um, in, uh, in Fortitude Valley, which is great because last time I went to Fortitude Valley was late night nightclubbing many, many years ago and it was an interesting <laughs> place. So I'm looking forward to making a return visit there and, who knows, maybe even a bit of late night nightclubbing after the event. That'd be even fun. <laughs> the venue looks beautiful. <laughs> the venue looks amazing, yeah. So yeah. Mirror, I think it's called in, yeah, in Fortitude Valley. So yeah. it's, um, yeah, it's good fun. I, I haven't been there. Marcus is heading down, I think, this weekend. He's checking it all out and doing all the logistics and sorting mm-hmm. it all out, which is amazing. And um, But it looks incredible. All the venues look incredible. It's going to be so much fun. So what? what's the... Um I haven't looked at the timings. When does it start and when does it finish? Oh, you're asking the wrong person for all the details. Oh. Uh, it, but it's essentially, it's a full day. So it's, it's sort of 9 to 5, 10 to 5, that sort of thing. So it's, yeah. a, it's a full day. Um, obviously, you've got lunch breaks and, and morning tea and afternoon tea breaks. We've got amazing exhibitors who are going to be there. Um, mm-hmm. Food options all provided and, and lots of okay. different food options in the local area as well. So, but it's, it's going to be a jam-packed day because we've got such a huge lineup of speakers so much information there, and uh, mm, it's going to be, great it's gonna to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. And, and what are you talking about? Yeah, I was going to ask both of you. Let me ask. Yeah. Both of you. So, <laughs> okay, you are because you guys are talking, so I'm going to be. I'll I'll ask <laughs> the you. The yes. So, uh, Dr. Brett Hill, uh, can we begin by checking in on what <laughs> you will be talking about? Um, well, today. I'm I'm actually going to talk about kindness. So oh. I've been sort of having a little bit of a focus on kindness probably over the last couple of years really, but especially at the moment. And uh, I was just uh, writing about it in my new book the other day and I was like, this would be a good topic for the for the base camp. So I'm going to do a talk all around kindness um, and predominantly kindness to yourself. So how to be kind to yourself in terms <laughs> of the way you look after yourself, you know, physically, chemically and emotionally is what I'm going to talk about. Wow. Well, that's pretty funny because I'm talking about being gentle on yourself too. <laughs> hey, awesome. But that's okay. Theme, I'm sure it'll be different because mine it's is sort of focused. It is. Well, mine's sort of focused on um, how to move forward gently with your health, 
you know, when you've had lots of, you know, you have all the setbacks and you're just feeling like, um, you know, sometimes you beat yourself up a bit. I'm not doing it right. I have to try harder. But maybe you just need to be a little bit more gentle and patient. So, yeah, after all my struggles, (laughs) learning to be gentle on myself. Yep, it's, it can be a tough yeah. one sometimes, can't it? Mm. Um, so yeah, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be it's amazing how often it happens. We have these events, and we generally don't set a theme. Like we like no. to let people just come and share their their wisdom and and their absolute best truth of what they are willing to and passionate yeah. about sharing at the time. But it's amazing how often that just a theme starts up. to go through all of the speakers, and they're all kind yeah. of on the same wavelength and uh, it's happened yeah. to almost all the wellness summits we've had. It's really fascinating the way it goes. Funny, isn't it? Must yeah. be needed. Yeah. Yeah, so, exactly. So but you mentioned your new book that you're working on. That was one of the themes. Can you tell us a little bit about the book that you're working on? Yes. Yes. So the book I'm writing, it's going to be called rock bottom. Um, and it's been, it's really all about my journey over the last, uh, I guess five years of um, going through a separation and divorce and, how that impacted on me and how that impacted on my family and how that impacted on my business and all of those sort of things. And just, um, you know, going through the whole process of, I guess, hitting rock bottom after that and, and losing my way and losing my identity, I guess, and, and trying to figure out who I was again, you know, in this new changed world. Um, and then I guess how I sort of bounce back from that. So, so it's all about that whole journey of self-discovery that happens when you have such a massive event like that happen in your life. And, um, how you can, uh, you know, use that to your advantage, I guess. So um, who's your publisher for the book? And when do uh, we it's actually, come out? Well, I'm, I'm writing it with Hay House. So um, I've been, uh, you know, liaising backwards and forwards with them and sending them bits and pieces. And uh, so that's been really good. Um, I don't have a final date for when it's going to be done um, because I'm being kind to myself. And <laughs> so I've, uh, I've stopped setting myself such strict, deadlines and putting yes. so much pressure on myself my mm. my rule to myself is that it's going to get done that's that's my commitment to myself is that it absolutely yeah. will get done and when it gets done i don't know uh but i'm probably about halfway through at the moment i think i'm up to about thirty thousand words so wow. it's uh, it's ticking along quite nicely how have you found the process of writing such a lengthy book Oh, it's really interesting. I, I, I really like writing and so I really enjoy it when I manage to sort of get the space and the time and it's really the headspace as much as anything for myself. You know, I, I tend to be uh, you know, more of an introvert by personality um, and so I can sometimes get a bit, um, I guess, overwhelmed and exhausted by just being around people all the time and, and I find it hard to sometimes um, decompress from that. Um, and so I find for me, it, it's, you know, finding myself in a space where I'm ready to write and be creative, um, is probably as much as anything, the, the biggest challenge for me. Um, so it's, you know, I've often got the time, but it's, it's getting myself into the right sort of creative mindset. Um, but I've really enjoyed it. It's, it's been, um, you know, it's funny, like I feel, I felt like I'd sort of learned everything I needed to learn from the process before I started writing the book. <laughs> um, but then, you know, as you start going through and writing the book, you, you find you, you sort of get to whole new levels of sort of depth of understanding of sort of the journey you went through and the process you're on. And um, I guess all the learning that's still happening as a result of it. So it's, uh, mm. it's been a really cool process actually, because I think I'm sort of almost like going back and doing all the same work that I did back then, but perhaps without some of the charge that I had when I first went through and did it all, which is nice. Yeah. 
So when was then you did your talk at the wellness um, summit? Was it? Yeah, so um, that was that was the wellness summit at the end of 2016. 2016. Um, and, and that was really the talk was based on the same theme, and and it was just yeah. it was probably that experience really, and how well received it was, and the just the incredible feedback I got from all of the people in the audience that made me think, mm-hmm. wow, hey, this is this is probably an important story, and and I guess. Particularly, I think the the comment that kept coming through was that it was a story that they hadn't heard from a guy before. Um, yeah. That you know, it wasn't something that guys spoke about. It wasn't something they'd heard about from a guy's perspective of how they, you know, the challenges they had, but also how they went about dealing with it. And that that was something that was really needed in the world. And and you know, it was kind of one of those things where I got that feedback and I kind of went, oh yeah, like of course. <laughs> and uh, you know, and so it just it just really made me say, okay, this is something I need to share. And um, and so I've sort of started working on it ever since. So the, the focus there is sort of men's mental health, really. If you want to give it one kind, yeah, one kind of term. Yeah, I would say that that's kind of the theme of it. Yeah, and obviously, you know, me not being a mental health professional, um, it's it's really a lot about you know my perspective around that mm-hmm. of you know what my experience was and how I went about dealing with that. Um, and so it's uh, it's you know almost like part autobiographical, but then part um, you know sort of self help as well. So. That's sort that's, of that's the direction I'm going with it. It's probably why it's so powerful for people because it's it's from somebody who's it's real. It's not like a, yeah. something out of a textbook. It's yeah, absolutely. And, and I think also because it's sometimes that. it's sometimes people look up to you as someone who you know is in health and wellness and does a podcast and all that sort of stuff and kind of thinks, oh yeah, they've got it all together. Like yeah. they don't have these problems. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think it's nice for people to almost sit back and go, ah. Oh, it's not just me, you know, exactly. these people have these problems too. And, uh, and I think that's uh, something that, you know, allows people to really relate to that as well. Yeah. What have Definitely. you found is like these um, big problems that men face these days? Like what are the top, say, three issues that you've come across? Because obviously as you've started going down this path, you've had more exposure to the world of men's health. or men's Yeah, health. yeah. So what are the oh, I would... areas that you've noticed? Well, I think one of the biggest themes that sort of comes through in the book is is really a theme of honesty. Um, and so, uh, you know, I think most men will sort of listen to that and think, well, no, I'm honest. But but the reality is I think a lot of the time we're not necessarily honest with ourselves. So we, we're not willing to be brave enough to be honest with ourselves about what the situation is we're in and actually acknowledging the situation and what we're going through as opposed to just kind of brushing it off and trying to you know be brave and move forward and you know mm. you'll be right kind of thing um so i think the honesty to be able to actually sit down and, and recognize where you're at um the honesty to be able to sit down and talk to someone else about it and say hey this is where i'm at and, and maybe i need a little bit of help um and and the honesty to be able to then go well okay you know i might need to do something about this and, and move forward so i think i think honesty is definitely one of the themes that comes through the book a lot um I think kindness is really a huge theme of the book is, is about mm. being kind to yourself. You know, so often uh, it's very easy in these sort of situations for anyone, but, but I, th- I think guys do it a lot is to really beat yourself up about it and to really take it on board. And I mean, you know, you, or you look at, for example, the, you know, the rates of men's suicide around the country yeah, yeah. and you realize how often they do internalize these sort of things and, and really take it on board and, and just beat themselves up about it. Um, and so I think, um, you know, that ability to be kind to yourself and, and as I said, you know, it's, uh, recognizing that, you know, you're certainly not the only one in this situation. 
um, and that, you know, that other people have, have gone through similar stuff too. And, and, you know, they're not, um, you know, they're not pariahs. They're not, I was going to swear then, but I won't. Uh, but you know, but they're, they're good people too. They're just, you know, good people going through a challenging situation then. And so I think that that element of kindness is a really important thing that comes through. Um, and yeah. for the, the other thing I think is a big one that I talk about a lot is curiosity. So, so the ability to be a bit more curious about what's going on rather than, as I said, just kind of brush it off and ignore it um, is, I think, a really important thing for guys to be able to do. And sort of rather than, um, you know, thinking we have all the answers as, you know, men can mm. tend to do and, and not necessarily want to be told any other um, alternative points of view or alternative solutions or anything like that. I think, um, you know, being curious about what is going on, why it's going on, um, what different modalities are out there that might be able to help you, what different people you might be able to talk to, what different perspectives on this situation outside of just your own might be available. So mm-hmm. I think those are kind of real themes of the book. Um, I feel like I didn't quite answer your question because you're asking about the challenges men are having, but I think that the challenges men are having are kind of the flip side of that. You know, that the true. challenges that men are having are, is just not taking it, you know, is internalizing stuff, not being honest about it, not taking it head on. And as a result of that, not being able to come up with the solutions because the solutions are different for everyone. Um, but it's that ability to really um, to open up about it and to be honest about it that allows the solutions the to come through. Mm. Wow. So it's such a, such an important work that you're doing and you're sort of placing it in this really kind of simple uh, um, approach for people where they can focus on these beautiful big topics like kindness and honesty. So mm-hmm. they're not really specifically challenging topics in the way that you're presenting them. But if a person's oh. not in touch with it, <laughs> I, think, I think it'll be very challenging for lots of people. Yeah. At least I hope so. But uh, the idea itself, so the actions I ask people to take around that. Yeah, exactly. You know, so I, I guess my point here was honesty and kindness are universal themes. People are very familiar with them. Yeah. So you're, you're not, um, the challenge isn't to sort of understand the concept itself, but to see in which areas of our lives we're not applying these practices yeah. where honesty isn't being uh, applied and where kindness isn't being shown to ourselves. So absolutely, yeah, with the practicality, that was going to be my question. Like, how do you offer practicalities around yeah. That's what I was wondering. Yeah, it's, it's it's very much a thing where it's you know easy to say and harder to do. That's you know, they're, they're concepts mm-hmm. where you go, oh yeah, I should be more kind to myself. Um, but actually, recognizing you know, so there's lots of exercises in there around you know recognizing what you say about yourself, you know, and, and getting real about that, and and recognizing where uh, you know what you're taking on board from what others are saying about you, for example. So mm-hmm. it's it's about using, I guess, your reactions to the world around you to give you clues about. Um, where things aren't working for you um, and, you know, because, you know, it's all about your perception of the world around you then and understanding that, um, you know, those things people have said about you perhaps, that there's a reason why they're triggering you and it's not because that person outside of you is triggering you, it's because you are triggering yourself and, yeah. you know, you're having a reaction to that because you are sensitive to that because you're already feeling that and saying that about yourself. Mm. Um, and so it's, it's about, you know, figuring out how we can use these cues around us to help you know nail down and drill down to these internal conflicts that are going on um and how we can then work on those internal conflicts uh, because that's the way to heal the external conflicts i feel like i'm being really esoteric here no, um, that, that makes complete sense yeah no, that's good Do you, 
questions? Do you want to go? Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, do you have some uh, tips for guys that you also talk about that really helps them to start pulling themselves out of the slump? Um, you know, like some practical things that they can do, like talking about exercise and things like that, that, that yeah. you find really helped you. Well, I think, you know, one of the things I talk about a lot with the guys is, is loving themselves. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, once again, you know, you, you kind of, you say it in those words and guys are like, oh, what? It sounds a bit kooky. And it, but, but the way I talk to people about that is in a very, very practical way. So it's like yeah. saying, what do you do that you love? You know, what makes exactly, you happy? Yeah. Where do you find yes. joy in your life? You know, and it might be going to the football. You know, it might be repairing a motorcycle. You know, whatever mm. it is that you love doing, it's like, well, what if you loved yourself by giving yourself half an hour a day to work on your motorbike that you loved? You mm. know, like it's a very practical approach then to start showing yourself that you love yourself. Um, and, and so, you know, and I talk about how I, you know, one of the things I actually did was I went and bought myself a motorcycle. Um, and it was, you know, total stereotypical midlife. <laughs> I was going to say um, that. <laughs> but, but it was, but, but you know what? I sort of looked at it and I was like, do you know what? It kind of is a midlife crisis and everyone's going to stir <laughs> me up and say I'm having a midlife crisis, but I don't care because I want yeah. it. And this is what I feel like doing. <laughs> and I'm going to value myself enough to give myself what I want without caring about what everyone else is going to say about it. Um, yeah. And that felt great. I loved it. Do you still have the motorcycle? I don't have the motorcycle. Oh, no. so what happened? I, well, it, it was sort of a, you know, the, the next phase in the journey yeah. was, uh, you know, moving yeah. into a different lifestyle where we moved up to the hills. We live in a dirt road and it wasn't really a, you know, dirt bike. It wasn't really a, so, <laughs> you know, we, there was sort of a choice between having the, the fun you motorcycle. You horses, or, didn't you? you know, yeah, yeah selling the motorcycle, investing that in this amazing new property in the hills, which was wow. sort of the next, uh, the next journey. So I was, I was still loving myself. It was just the priorities changed <laughs> over time. And, you know, it was, I guess one of the things that happened was when I started loving myself is that I attracted someone else into my life who loved me. Um, and that's, that's, that's kind of the way it works is that, you know, when, when you have that love for yourself, you're able to find someone else who loves you for you. And, and that's a beautiful thing. And, and so that was kind of what happened and, um, led to the motorcycle getting selling and, and the different <laughs> life priorities, <laughs> finding a home. The end of the life crisis. Sort of yeah. <laughs> but it, there's nothing more attractive than a person that's happy and, and, um, content in themselves. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And, and, you know, it's, it's not even necessarily about being happy. I think, you know, like sometimes I'm happy, sometimes I'm sad. Um, and that's totally okay. So, you know, I think, I think content is probably a great word for it, uh, is that, you know, someone who's okay with themselves, I think is probably how I would say it. Um, because you know, no one's always happy. No one's always sad. And I think you kind of can't have the happiness without the sadness. And it's, that, that's part of that kind of whole honesty picture, I think is understanding that, there's going to be goods and bads, and, and that's okay. There was a great Instagram uh, by Looney just came out yesterday. I'll nice. find it. But he, um, he had this beautiful drawing. It says, life's an amazing journey. And this guy's standing like, in the middle of a desert with, of course, the duck next to him. And, uh, <laughs> and then there's this big kind of sign with uh, these arrows pointing between the words. And the worst go like better than arrow to worse than better, worse, worse, better, worse, better, worse, better, better. And like life is just going around drawing this kind of circle of things like 
good, things are bad, you know, like, yeah. and they keep changing up and down, you know, and this is really what life is. And the, the best thing to do is to sort of meet, it, meet that with acceptance because you really can't control yeah. it. And if you yeah. accept life and you accept yourself, then you're in a much happier mental state than, than you would yeah. be if you were fighting everything all the time. Absolutely. And you start to realize, you know, this kind of comes back to the whole uh, divorce thing. You start to realize that some of the things you thought that were bad turned out to be good and some of the things you mm-hmm. thought to be good turned out to be bad. And, you know, it's kind of the way it goes. Like if I hadn't, uh, you know, if I hadn't go th- gone through that situation, I wouldn't be in the relationship I'm in now, which is just, you know, working so amazingly well. And so, you know, it, you start to realize that it's all just your perception and your judgment that you're placing on those things anyway. There's a story of this, some, this guy, I think it's a Tibetan story or something where they go up to this guy and say, oh my God, like you, you've been uh, gifted a horse. Congratulations. You know, that's such a great uh, thing for you to get. And he's like, uh, we'll we'll see if it's a good thing. Yeah. We'll see. And then um, his son uh, got on the horse and he was riding along and he fell and he broke his leg. And everyone's like, oh, no, like the horse turned out to be bad luck after all. Your son broke his leg. And, <laughs> and he goes, oh, we'll see, we'll see. And then like the army draft came and they wanted to take all the kids <laughs> to the war and they couldn't take his son because his leg was broken. So, yeah. You know, the, everyone's saying, hey, you know, like, you, it's a, it turned out to be a good thing, that horse, after all, you know. <laughs> and said, we'll see, you know. And then that's sort yeah. of how things happen. You yeah. Know? I really judge them <laughs> individuals. Saying, you can't judge it at the time. Yeah, it's, yeah. No. I, think, I think it's like my favorite word now is like, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> isn't that awesome? Well, maybe. Yeah. You know, isn't that terrible? Oh, maybe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so maybe, maybe we shift gears a little bit and um, talk a little bit about... Uh, functional fitness because it's one of the these topics that i'm really interested in i'm seeing a lot more people moving away from these typical uh, gym settings where you go into a gym and like you do your weights and uh, you do your treadmill and um you know that's done in between i don't know one hour your lunch break's gone for that and people yeah. get food back to their desk and people are moving more towards functional fitness maybe you can define what the term is and uh, give us a bit of background about it and how you see it differing from standard means of exercise like the gym. This yeah. does all fit in though because I know when you're really stressed and, and or you have any kind of mental health issues, exercise really helps. So this does fit in. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely, it well, does. I mean, the- Brett is, he's so, you know, multi-talented and like I want to cover yeah. all the different topics. That he- <laughs> <to> cover everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, yeah, no, it, it's true because it does really help de-stress. You know, when you move your body, it helps fire nerve endings within your body that send messages back to your brain and help your brain to release dopamine and serotonin. So, yeah. you know, movement is great. And I think, you know, as much as I love talking about functional fitness and, you know, I can really nerd out on different fitness styles and different ways of doing it and, you know, all that sort of stuff, I, I think just encouraging people to move is really important. Mm. So, you know, start where you're at and figure out what you love and whatever that is, get moving is, is a great place to start. But, you know, if you really want to then, you know, push that envelope a little bit and take it to the next level, then you can start making your movement a little bit more functional. And, you know, functional fitness to me means that I'm capable, you know. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when I think of functional fitness, what I think of is like helping a friend move house or picking my kids up and putting them on my shoulder when we're going for a hike or, you know, a friend saying, hey, do you want to go rock climbing? And I go, yeah, sure, no worries. Like, it, it's, it's the idea that, oh, you know, just recently, Steph and I were picking up a, uh, an old shed off of Gumtree that we wanted to <laughs> take home for our horse to make a little shelter for our horse. And, and we were picking up this shed and loading it 
up onto the roof of my four-wheel drive um, so that we could tie it down and take it home. You know, it's like stuff like that is when I think, hey, this is cool. I'm glad I do functional fitness um, yeah. because functional fitness is really all about capability in the real world. You know, it's like it's not the, you know, you go to the gym and you see the, uh, you know, the bicep curl seat where you, you, know, you sit on the seat and you're locking your arm and you literally move nothing except your bicep. And you kind of go like, when are you ever going to do that in the real world? And, you know, even if that does give you a big bicep, like aside from maybe picking up girls at the nightclub, like what's the point of it? Because (laughs) if you have a bicep and nothing else to stabilize your body, then you're going to be able to pick up something huge with your bicep, but none of the rest of your body is going to be capable of dealing with that weight you're lifting with your bicep and you're going to cause yourself problems. So for me, functional fitness is all about just being capable in the real world. And so it involves doing more... Um, you know, whole body movements. And, and, you know, I mean, I do do that in quite a, I guess, quote unquote, typical gym setting in that I do do CrossFit, you know, but somewhere mm-hmm. between one and four times a week, depending on how I'm feeling and how kind I'm being to myself and listening to my body and all those sort of things. And, mm-hmm. and I love CrossFit because it is it's very varied and we do a whole range of activities. And, and I really enjoy the intensity of the exercise and the combination of cardiovascular stuff with high resistance stuff and weights and all those sort of things which is great. Um, but I also balance that out with a lot of, you know, really functional stuff. You know, we go for walks around home. I go for runs. We do, we've got a kayak. We take the kayak out. Sometimes we go bike riding. Sometimes we go swimming, go to the beach, you know, lots of just, uh, I guess, incidental movement. You know, we're constantly looking for ways to, to move with myself and also with the family. Um, and so that sort of complements that, I guess, uh, slightly more sterile environment in the gym with a slightly more, you know, real world environment um, where we're trying to get out into nature and get outdoors as much as we can and get a little bit more variety as well. Do you get as injuries out of things like functional fitness and when you're a human being going throughout life? So have you seen as a chiropractor, people who practice functional fitness are showing up with less pain or issues with their back or things like that? Is that, has that been- uh, Look, yes and no, because I think like anything, you can do it well and you can do it not so well. And so I think, you know, I mean, you look at something like CrossFit and there are a lot of people who get injured doing something like CrossFit. And so it depends on how you do it. You know, it depends on how kind you are to yourself, how much you listen to your body, how much you prepare in advance before you go there. So, you know, I wouldn't want to be going and doing CrossFit if I wasn't getting adjusted regularly by by a chiropractor, you know, because I know that, you know, I guess what I know is that, I give myself the best chance to do well at all of these things. And so I do get adjusted on a regular basis. I am mindful of my diet, you know, so that I make sure I'm not having a really inflammatory diet that might be more likely to cause me injuries. You know, I'm mindful of my mindset. You know, I'm mindful of my stress and cortisol levels. You know, if I'm having a massive week and I'm just totally burnt out, then chances are I won't get up the next day and go to CrossFit. So, you know, I think it depends on, how you live the whole rest of your life as to whether that's going to work for you. And so it's a, you know, it needs to be part of a really holistic picture. And I think the people I know who do it in that way, absolutely. They function really well. They're really healthy. They get less injuries, all of those sort of things. But there's a whole lot of other people who don't do it that way, um, who end up with lots of injuries doing something like CrossFit. Mm. It could be quite aggressive to the body, especially if the uh, the instructor isn't very good and um, they don't have experience looking at your body and trying to correct your movements. Absolutely. And, and, you know, how good you are at checking your ego at the door, something like CrossFit is really important (laughs) Um, because it's, you know, it's quite a competitive environment. It's really easy to want to try and push yourself more than you should. 
And, um, and so it's, you know, that, that whole, uh, mental aspect of it comes in where you've got a, you know, I love the mental side of fitness. Like I really do. I feel like I always find I get so many mental benefits from fitness. And, you know, mm. one of those is seeing how far I can push myself and, and, you know, getting used to pushing myself a bit further and going beyond that point of, um, you know, when you think you've had enough and being able to push that little bit further and becoming more mentally resilient. Um, but then the flip side of that is knowing when to stop as well and knowing when to be kind to yourself and when not to go to the gym that day or when to go to the gym and humble yourself enough to lift lesser weights on that day because um, that's what your body needs at the time. You know, the, the, that whole mental side of it is just awesome. I love it. I saw a meme today on the internet uh, that said um, exercise is a celebration of your body's capabilities, not punishment for what you ate for breakfast oh <laughs> yeah. that's a good one i thought that was really great you know and yeah. uh, it's, it's sort of like you know if you take the attitude that you're trying to foster capability and to mm. give your body yeah. a, a chance to be stronger and more mobile and that's your attitude towards it rather than looking at um you know how much you're gonna uh, achieve in that day how much uh, energy you can push your body to expand or um what yeah. kind of weights you're going to be able to carry on that day it's not as healthy as trying to say, well, today I'm just going to make my body a little bit healthier by causing these beneficial stressors around it. And um, Yeah. Well, it comes back to that theme again of loving yourself and kindness. You know, I think one of the other memes you'll see around is, you know, exercise because you love yourself, not don't exercise because you hate yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's, you know, it's coming back to those same sort of themes again, isn't it? And then once again, this is what I'll be talking about at the base camp is that that kindness to yourself and how you can, be kind to yourself exercising. Yeah, well, that's what I would like to ask you because um, that's what's been in my mind for the last few weeks is how do I exercise in a way that, you know, like I try to eat in a way that's really nourishing my body. I need mm. to be able to exercise in a way that sort of nourishes my body as well, especially um, for me coming out of surgery and recovery yeah. and I can't do much yet. What do you say to people like me who have to start off really slow again? You're kind of starting over in a way. Yeah, yeah. What well, kind of exercises yeah, start do off you slow again? <laughs> you know, um, yeah. that, that's that's really what it is. Is start off slow again? But it's you yeah. know, in terms of what type of exercise I recommend. Well, it depends on why you want to exercise. It depends on what your goals are. You know, I remember having a really good chat with one of the ladies at the Wellness Breakthrough, which you were at, where mm. we were talking about fitness, and she was saying, "Oh, I, I really want to do CrossFit. Tell me about CrossFit." You know, and then I started talking to her about her goals and her goals were really to be able to like walk around the block with her grandchildren. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was something <laughs> much simpler, you know, and I yeah, was like, I've, I've never been drawn to CrossFit it. to go for no. a walk around the block. Like seriously, it doesn't fit with your goals. There's kind no. of, there's not really any reason for you to go and do CrossFit. Let's work out well, what right. works for you, you know. Well, my goals are just nourishing the body so that it's healthy and yeah. having that strength and tone and um, energy to be able to like you say go and work in the garden go and do a heap of weeding go and go for a walk go bushwalking with the kids go climbing um without feeling like i'm dying yeah yeah (laughs) which is perfect that's more my sort of so, so then that sort of exercise, what you want to be doing is, is really body weight training, you know, is, yeah. is learning to move your whole body in coordination with itself. Um, mm. And so, you know, there's some great things you can do. Well, one of the ones I, I recommend a lot to people is there's a guy called Mark Loren um, mm-hmm. and he has a book called You Are Your Own Gym. 
Um, yeah. and he actually I, I my husband app. actually has that book. Yeah, yeah, it's a great book. And he has an app yeah. that goes with it. And I recommend everyone to get the app because it's only a couple of mm. dollars. Okay. I think on the Android it's called You Are Your Own Gym. And yeah. on the iPhone it's called Body Weight, I think, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And you can actually just go into this. And what you could do, Joe, when you're first starting is it has different levels. So you can go into that app and you can click on quick exercise. So you just do a quick one. Um, you can select the length of time that you want to do it for. And you might start by, I think the shortest increment might be two minutes. So you might mm-hmm. start at the two-minute increment. Um, yeah. And then you, might, then you can pick how hard it is. So you can pick the, the absolute beginner level to start at. And that will right. give you then some, some beginner body weight exercises that you can mm-hmm. do and it will do 20 seconds on, 10 seconds off for two minutes. So you'll do four rounds. That will be it. Well, one round of each of the four exercises that it sets you. Yeah. Um, and that'll be, that'll be a way to start. But, you know, for you coming out of, um, you know, what you've just been through, then, then you may not even want to go that far. You know, you probably yeah, just can start a, a short Walking. walk around the block. <laughs> yeah. you know? that, would, yeah. that would be where I would be more likely. I'd feel more yeah. comfortable with you starting there, That's to be honest. Thinking, because yeah. You've just yeah. got to start yeah. easy and ease yourself back into it. But do you like walking? Yeah, I love it. Perfect. So, so it's something you love doing, right? We're going to make it easy mm-hmm. for you. We're going to set a really small well. So start less than doing less than you think you should, but create a habit out of it. You know, so make it easier for yourself, set yourself up for success. And then as you do that successfully, then you can start to work on snowballing it and expanding it from there as well. One of Jo's worries is that she's sitting in bed too much and her muscles are kind of atrophying a little bit. Yeah. Just not moving. Um, yeah. Is this something to be overly concerned about at the stage? Do you think the body can bounce back? What's, what are your views around that? Oh, the body can absolutely. I mean, the, the body is incredibly adaptable. You know, it, it has an incredible ability to adapt and to change and to heal. So, yeah. you know, there's a time and a place for lying around in bed and letting your body recover. Um, and you're probably in that place right now, Joe. So, yeah. you know, um, I, think, I think, you know, being kind to your body and recognizing that sometimes you just need rest and recovery and that's okay. Mm. Um, and then, you know, when you're ready, when the time is right, then you start easing back into it and, you know, you'll be able to regain all of that function. There's, there's no doubt yeah. about that. Um, so, you know, your, your body is incredibly adaptable. So, yeah. you know, give, you, give yourself that time to rest and recover um, and then slowly work your way back in, you know, when the time's right. And, and you'll know deep down when, the, when it feels right, you know. Yeah. I, think, I think if you really do, you know, be kind to your body and listen to your body, you, you'll know when that time is. There's a time when you're mm-hmm. sort of thinking, I should be doing it, you know, and, yeah. and then there's a time when you're like, no, it's time, you know, and, and that's yeah. the, that's the difference, I guess you've got to, once again, it's kind of that mental challenge, isn't it? To figure out, well, am yeah. I just, you know, is it time to push myself or is it time to back off? And right. I think regardless yeah. of where you're at in your fitness, there's always that conversation that goes on. Yeah. And I guess some people will probably tend to go one way. Some people probably tend to go the other way. Mm-hmm. And once again, being honest with yourself and knowing which of those camps you're in um, is going to help you make a decision about when's the right time to, to get started yeah. again as well. Yeah, no, that's good. Because it does get very frustrating when you've been ill and yes. you are laying around and you just want to be outside and, you know, you, you feel like all that work I did has gone to nothing. You know, it's like I was paddle boarding and, you know, getting my, my legs and arms were getting stronger and now they're back yeah. to zero again. But like yeah, you say, it yeah. doesn't, you know, once you start being able to work on it again, it'll all come back. It's just. Yeah, it's, it's definitely not a life sentence. You know, it can change, no. change again. So, and it will for the rest of your life. There'll always be yeah. ups and downs and that's okay. You see these amazing women who um, start exercising late in life 
and mm. how their body changes into this amazing, powerful body. You think, wow, okay, if they can do it, I can. Yeah, and you know what? Those same women are looking at your Instagram going, geez, I wish I could cook like Joe Witten. <laughs> but, you know, like it's so yeah, easy to look at other people's highlight reels and compare ourselves and go, oh, I wish I was that. But yeah. you don't really see what's going on on the other side of the fence. Yeah, of course. No one can cook Wesley. like Joe Witten, I'm afraid. I know. Oh, you too. <laughs> I use the recipes all the time and I cook them half as well as Joe and it's still amazing. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to be, oh, you have to have quirky in your blood, you know. If you got quirky, then you cook that way. If, if you're not quirky. Oh, I'm definitely, I'm, I'm the opposite of the quirky cooker. I'm like the boring cooker. So I use Joe to give me a little bit of kick along. <laughs> you know, I just have, uh, Joe's, I just have uh, to right here. I was just, what was that? Sorry. Brett was telling me, I, I visited Brett in Adelaide for the talk yeah. on rewilding and he said that you, he's been using your tomato sauce like the, oh, yeah. uh, for every, all the dishes that he makes. Is, <laughs> it's yeah. all covered in tomato sauce. You got me, you got me in the good books with Steffi, Joe, because she loves tomato sauce. And so, <laughs> so when she moved to Adelaide, she was like, where's the tomato sauce? I was like, oh, no. You know, I can't go to the shops and buy like Heinz tomato sauce. That's no good. I'm going to have to make some. So I found your recipe and, uh, and you got me oh, back in the good hilarious. books. It was good. <laughs> well, um, I was thinking before when we were talking about the mental health stuff, I thought, how funny. It's like... Um, I remembered that when Isaac was first going through his really bad stages, you were one of the people I rang first, Brett. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. We, and you had a big, long talk to me about all the different things that I could do with Isaac, not so much the diet but yeah. the movement and getting outside and being outdoors and in the sunshine and on the grass and yeah. getting involved in sports. And, yeah, um, and we also did talk about diet. Paleo yeah, we did talk about paleo and yeah, whether to do all the different options. Yeah, that's right. We had, um, and that was so helpful for me. So thank oh, you boy. because that all of that um, that holistic approach to Isaac's health made such a big difference to his mental yeah. health. You know, it's not it just it's not just not just counselling, it's all the things and it was, mm. yeah, very helpful for me. So thank you. Well, you know, one of my, one of my favourite wellness experts who was sort of one of the first people to keep me along the journey was a guy by the name of James Chestnut. He's a chiropractor from Canada and he describes it like a plant and, and he says, well, you know, you can give it water but it still might not be healthy. You know, you can give it great soil but it still might not be healthy. You know, you can give it sunlight but it still might not be healthy but it's when you do all of those things in combination is when the plant thrives, you know, and I think if you think about the physical, the chemical, the emotional aspect of health in that way, you realize that you really need to give your body all of those nutrients. And and that's how he describes them. He describes them as nutrients, you know, whether it's physical, chemical or emotional, your body has Mm. these requirements. And when you give it what it requires and, and take away what it doesn't, then it just naturally thrives like all things in nature do. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about this kind of natural approach to health and looking at the human body holistically, you're coming out with, you have already, you've released your natural running e-course. And yes. I'd love to talk to you about it because we're 10 minutes from closing the podcast. Yes. We've got to run. So I... I <laughs> but um yeah just wondering if you can uh, give us a a little bit of an idea of um, what the importance of barefoot running is and uh, is it even doable is it advisable of course like the whole course because a lot of people would think (laughs) 
like you need to have shoes around your feet so you can run otherwise yeah, yeah. you know you're gonna die or something so can you maybe absolutely do about it? well it you know it kind of comes from i guess the same exact same philosophy we're just talking about this idea that our body is designed to be healthy um, and that it doesn't really need any help to be healthy it just needs no interference and and so mm. you know, when i started thinking about running the same way you know i'd been in orthotics for about 17 years because i'd had knee pain when i was younger and you know people kept saying to me running's not good for you and it just never made sense to me like it was just this idea that running the most natural thing in the world could be bad for me i was like what what sort of an evolutionary well, what sort of evolution could have led to the idea that a human body evolved not being good at running when that was a primal requirement in order to be able to catch food or to you know, escape predators it just never made sense to me and so um you know i guess i started researching more into it and just realized that well there was a there was a natural way that the body was designed to move and that you know when you look at kids and you see them running they really move in that way and, and they find running effortless they'll run around and around playing chasey without seemingly getting tired without seemingly getting injured um, yet as we get into adulthood, we seem to have all these problems with running. And so I started just getting really curious about it. And the more I learned about it, the more it made sense that, you know, we were designed to run not in these big built up shoes with arch support and raised up heels and, and all this other stuff that was going on. We'd really evolved uh, much as we'd evolved to eat a you know, paleo diet. We'd evolved to, um, move without shoes on uh, and so um, I started getting curious about this whole barefoot running idea and, and you know my course is called the art of natural running because uh, it's sort of I've moved a little bit away from the whole uh, barefoot running as a necessity because you know there's, there's other ways of making your running more natural without necessarily having to go the whole way to barefoot so you know as I said I'm wearing my barefoot shoes today um, having said that, I, you know, I've run a 12-kilometer fun run on bitumen without any shoes at all and, and pulled up totally fine. Um, and so, you know, depending on how far along the journey you want to go, you can kind of take it as little or as much as you like, but, but still get benefits from improving your running technique. And mm. so, you know, uh, I should say, you, you sort of question for it, is this for everyone? And, and the answer to that is no, it's not for everyone. You know, there are some people who really shouldn't be doing barefoot running and, and maybe not even doing more minimalist running. Um, and those are people with congenital issues, you know, people with degenerative issues in their feet, um, you know, people who perhaps have some chronic diseases, you know, they might have a diabetic arthrop uh, neuropathy, which means that they don't have very good sensation in their feet, in which case, you know, running around barefoot might not be the best idea. It could be a little bit dangerous. Mm. So, you know, there are some people who shouldn't be doing it. And I certainly talk about that in the course, but I think the vast majority of people then getting back to a more natural way of running and getting back to a more natural running style and getting back to more natural footwear, if not even no footwear at all, um, is actually a, a better way to go and can be more helpful for their body. And the, the, the amazing thing I've found as I've gone along this process and teaching people is the amount of people who've thought that running wasn't good for them, um, who've now mm. realized that actually it can be. Um, and the amount of people who thought they didn't like running have now realized that they just didn't like running badly. Um, and so um, that's been kind of a really fun uh, journey is, is seeing people go, oh, wow, like, this is totally different to what I was doing before. This is actually kind of fun. This feels really natural and freeing um, is a really cool process. There was, um, I, I went from wearing like these really tight shoes with uh, orthotics and heels like to try to mold my flat feet to a certain shape support yeah. my body and then when i started eating a paleo diet just like you uh, i started looking at um, natural ways of moving and i looked at the feet thing and um i took my shoes off and i would wear like the vibram five fingers or uh, the nice. mirror uh, minimalist 
And I started developing an arch in my foot. It's not a pronounced arch, but it's, yeah. but it's there uh, when I never had it before. And mm. my toes, my big toes and my feet, like they had um, completely lost the ability to move over the years. And I've regained full movement in my left foot and maybe 60% movement in my right the right big toe. And um, I've done this barefoot running or minimalist running, and I found that when I wear those types of shoes, I run completely differently to the way I hmm. would a shoe that has hmm. a lot of padding and support in it. Can you talk to us about like maybe just the difference of how the, the two running styles are and yeah. uh, why the, the natural one is more healthy? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, it's if you look at the the running shoes that we see people getting around in, with you know sometimes an inch, sometimes even more than an inch built up under the heel, and and I always say to people, think of those infographics you've seen about people wearing high heels and what that does to the rest of their body, because essentially that's what you're doing when you're wearing one of these running shoes is you're wearing a high heel, and. Yeah. Uh, and, and so what that does is it changes the whole biomechanics of your foot. So naturally with a, an extra inch under your heel, you're much more likely to land on your heel first, um, which takes away a lot of the natural shock absorbency within your body. So, you know, one of the things I often get people to do is, is go for a walk or a run on some gravel or some rough bitumen and see what they do because you, I guarantee you, if you're doing that without any shoes on, you're not going to slam your heel down into the ground because that's really painful and it puts a lot of force and a lot of pressure back up your body. So the natural way of doing it is to land on your midfoot, um, with your, not with them right up on your toes, but just on your midfoot and then ease your heel down onto the ground. And that has so much less pressure so um you know they've done research on this in studies where they got people running in their shoes on a treadmill and measured the ground reaction forces that were going back up their body and what they actually found was without giving them any training whatsoever simply getting them to take their shoes off taking away all of the padding that was under their feet they actually had less force going up their body than when they had the big padded protective shoes which is fascinating so your body has this natural mechanism but then also combined with that then that lift that comes up under your heel changes your whole posture. You know, it, it does lift your heels up. It tightens up your calves. It tends to hyperextend your lower back. You tend to bend more forward at that, the mid-back and your head comes forward. And so it changes the whole rest of the posture the whole way up the chain, which means that, you know, it really exacerbates a lot of the postural issues we see um, from sitting too much um, and causes similar sort of issues and, and inefficiencies the whole way, the rest of the way up the chain, because it's just not the way your body's designed to move. Yeah. What about people who want to transition? Is it just as simple as taking the shoes off or? Um... Well, once again, there's one of the things we talk about in the course, but really to transition, you've sort of got two options. You either transition slowly with your shoes or you transition slowly with your kilometers. So you don't do what I did, which is go out and run 10 kilometers first time you get your new shoes and you know think that's going to be okay because that doesn't work well. You end up really sore, which is what happened to me. Um, but what you do is you either... Um, either start with a very short distance and wear your you know, more minimalist shoes or even no shoes and then gradually build up from there. And if you're, you know, for people who love running and they might already be doing 10 kilometers and they might want to keep their training happening, then you can just run the first 500 meters barefoot and then put your shoes on and run the rest of the way. That's totally okay. But, and then gradually build up the length of distance you're doing this at. So, you know, that's what I did when I wanted to run my 12-kilometer fun run without any shoes. I had to start doing 500 meters without any shoes and then a kilometer and then three kilometers and then six kilometers and, and gradually build my way up to the 12. And 
by the end of it, I was able to do that run without really any abrasions, without any bruising, without any discomfort at all, um, because I just conditioned myself to do it. So you either do it that way by building up the kilometers, or you do it by slowly changing your shoes. So if you're in a really structured pair of shoes, you pick something that's just slightly less structured. And then you might pick a, you know, something like a racing flat. And then you might pick a more minimalist shoe. And then you know, if you really want to go from there, then you might pick, you know, try no shoes at all. And, and you gradually transition that way as well. So there's, there's sort of two ways of transitioning, either doing it with the shoes or doing it with the kilometers. But you need to do it slowly. We're coming up on time. We've got one minute left. So the last question has to be, uh, where do people find you, find out, uh, find out about your course and all the services that you offer and they want to come and see you? Where do they do that? Perfect. So, yeah, they can find out all about me at drbretthill.com, which is my website. So they can find all, different, all sorts of different information there. Um, obviously, the podcast on thewellnesscouch.com and they can find you know, that paleo show and the wellness guys and obviously Quirky Journey and all the other amazing podcasts there. Um, the running course uh, is at theartofnaturalrunning.com. Um, and they can go there. There's a special one at the moment. So it's like 40, it's either 47 or 49. I actually can't remember. I should know that. Uh, but it's about $40 odd um, down from $97. Um, so they can sign up and, and get the whole course. It's got like five hours worth of video content, um, interviews with like Danny Dreyer, Kelly Starrett, Kim Morrison, the Barefoot Podiatrist. It's got all sorts of really cool people who collaborated with me. Um, so they can find that there. And um, I can't remember what your last question was. Uh, oh, that might... your, your practice, if people want oh, to... Oh, the practice. That was what it was, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and I practice at uh, Greenhill Family Chiropractic, which is my practice in the eastern suburbs of Adelaide. And uh, that you can find that at the very convenient short little URL of greenhillfamilychiropractic.com.au. <laughs> <laughs> you can RSI, just type it in. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Brett, thanks so much. That was a fantastic... Thanks, book. guys. I really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, a lot of fun. And, great. Uh, quite a beautiful positive message and we can't uh look forward more to your book even we're so excited about it when it comes out so uh, let us know we'll have you back on the show when it is oh, out love to tell our audience about it perfect and i'll see you in brisbane joe and uh and i'll see you in kayama food it's gonna be oh, awesome perfect. and actually i should tell people where to find those as well that's the wellnessbasecamp.com they can get their tickets to that too Fantastic, and uh, we put the links up in the show notes as well, so people can find all find out all about this. And uh, thanks, guys. Yeah, see you around, man. Thanks. Bye, see Georgia. you guys. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.